Hey, y'all, and welcome to another week of my podcast. I'm so excited to have you with me to listen in to the Word of God, the teaching of the Word of God. You know, it's so exciting and such a privilege to have the Word of God in our lives and to have such great access to the Word of God. There was a time when people didn't have access to the Word. There, wasn't a, there was a time when people didn't have Bibles in their homes like they do today. And, but today we're living in such a wonderful time in history where we do have the Word of God and we do have such great teaching and such great ways to get the message out into people's homes and into people's lives. And this podcast is another great way that we do that. We're going to be looking at the Word of God. We're going to be studying what the Bible has to say about the Holy Ghost, about the Comforter and who He is in our lives. And not only who he is in our lives, but who he wants to be through our lives to the people around us. You know, and it's so exciting as we pick up the Word of God, as we open the Word of God and begin to look at it, the Holy Ghost works with that Word to reveal it to our spirit. You know, a lot of times people are looking for fresh revelation, or they're looking for something new, or they want God to say something new to them. But they need to realize that when you pick up the Word of God, if you'll believe God and use your faith, that He'll begin to open your eyes. He'll begin to open your ears to hear and to see what the Spirit of God is saying through the Word. And the Spirit of God and the Word of God always agree. And so as we're, we approach the Word in faith, and we have an expectancy and we draw upon the word of God, you know, we're supposed to expect to receive something from his word every single time we look at it. And as we come to the Lord in faith and say, Lord, teach me, show me, reveal your word to me. He begins to open it up to us in new ways we never saw before. I don't care how many times I've looked at the Mark eleven twenty three and 24, the great passage of faith, where Jesus is teaching on faith. I don't care. I've looked at it a thousand times, but no matter how many times I've looked at it, there's always something new. There's always something fresh. And, you know, when the children of Israel were led out of Egypt and they were led through the wilderness to the promised land, that the Lord, every single day, he sustained them with fresh manna from heaven. He told them not to save any of the manna, not to store it up, but he said, Believe me every single day for fresh manna from heaven. I will provide. I will supply. And you know, every single day the Lord was faithful to bring them the manna from heaven. And you know, it's just the same with the word of God. He is faithful to bring fresh revelation to us every single day. We ought not to be living on yesterday's manna. We ought not to be, you know, functioning and walking out on of life based on yesterday's manna. We ought to be living and walking in fresh revelation from the Word of God, not outside the Word of God, not looking for something that's beyond or outside the Word of God or is contrary to the Word of God, but revelation and understanding that's in line with the Word of God. And as you approach the Word in faith, light comes, understanding comes, wisdom comes, direction comes, comes. We all ought to have such a, a hunger for the Word of God, such a esteem for the Word of God. We ought to esteem it highly. We ought to love it. We ought to 
value it and place high value upon the word of God in our lives. Not to overlook it, not to look for something else other than it, but always standing on the word of God, always looking to the word of God. What does the word say? In every single situation in life, we ought to be asking ourselves, what does the word say? Because, you know, it's so easy for us to start living on and relying on other people to tell us what God is doing, what God is saying, how God is moving. What's God doing today? I hear a lot of times, you know, they ask big preachers and big name authors, what is God doing today? What's something new that God's doing? Or, you know, what is God you know, saying to us today, well, you know what? It's all found in the word. He's saying the same stuff that he always said. He's doing the same stuff that he's always done. And it's all found in his word. And so we ought not to rely heavily upon other people solely. We ought to be relying heavily upon the word of God. And then when people get up, ministers get up like myself, and they start teaching or preaching the word of God, they ought to, you ought to be able to go back and find out that, oh yeah, what they're saying is in line with what I have in my hands. It's in line with the book. And so have a value for the word of God and trust the Holy Ghost to lead us and guide us for what he wants to do. You know, today we're going to talk more about the spirit of God within and the spirit of God upon. Two separate and distinct experiences. Same Holy Ghost, same spirit but two experiences that every believer ought to have. You know, there's the dual working of the Holy Ghost. There's the Spirit of God within. There's the Spirit of God upon. The Spirit of God within you comes to live on the inside of you and changes your nature. You're born of God. You have the nature of God. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. And old things are passed away. Behold, all things will become new. The Spirit of God comes to live on the inside of you. That everlasting life comes to live on the inside of you. But then there's the Spirit of God upon. And when He comes upon you, He enables you, empowers you to be witnesses for Christ. He empowers you to go out and do the works of Jesus. He empowers you to, to live the supernatural life. And what comes with that is the supernatural life heavenly language, the language of speaking with other tongues, the gift of speaking with other tongues. And you know what? We ought not to be uh, scared of that or afraid of that. We ought not to shy away from these things, be talking about these things. We need to embrace what the Word says, not embrace what somebody else said, not embracing what another man's opinion is on it, but embracing what the Word of God has to say. You know, I remember... Years ago, there was a, uh, a man and his family that came to be in my daddy's church. Um, and he had come from another community church in town in where we live. And he had, you know, basically tr- switched churches over. And what happened was he started to come to our church because the word of God was being taught. And because the full gospel was being preached. And, you know, he was with us for many years and, you know, it wasn't too long after he started coming to the church that his old pastor started to message him and and talk to him, try to reach out to him. And and apparently this pastor had been listening to a lot of the broadcasts and a lot of the messages that we preach in um, our church. And he started to hear messages on what we had about what the word has to say about the Holy Ghost. We're just teaching out of the Bible about what the, the Holy Ghost is, who he is, 
and what he wants to do in our lives. We started teaching about tongues. And you know that this other pastor was listening to our messages online and he went to this ex-church member of his and basically started to try to clear things up for him and try to uh, turn him away from our church because he said, you know, that tongue stuff is of the devil. That's what he said, guys. He said that tongue stuff is of the devil. He tried to tell this church member, his ex-church member, the church member that came to our church, switched churches over to us because we were preaching faith and preaching about the Holy Ghost, said that stuff is of the devil. That tongue business is of the devil. This is a you know, born-again Christian pastor saying this. But it's so true that so many people today, believers today, pastors today, they believe wrong about the Holy Ghost. They believe wrong about tongues. They think that it is of the devil. Or they think it's passed away with the last apostle. And, you know, we ought to be careful about what we say concerning these things. I know there's a scripture in the Bible. It says, if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, those who blaspheme the Holy Ghost, you'll never be forgiven. And we ought to be careful what we speak against because he is the Holy Spirit of God who's come down in these last days with great power and great anointing to enable the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to do what it's called to do. And you know what? If we start trying to badmouth what the word says or badmouth other preachers and other teachers like myself who teach on the Holy Ghost and tell people what the Bible says, if we badmouth those people, what we're really doing is we're persecuting the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, in, or the scripture says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, that part of Jesus' ministry was that he'd come and he baptized people with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That's the ministry of Jesus. So if you're attacking what other churches who believe in the Holy Ghost will say Pentecostal churches and full gospel churches, if you're attacking those kind of churches because of that, you're attacking the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're persecuting the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't be like so many others who refuse to look at what the Word says and even mock the others who believe in the Holy Ghost. You need to look at what the Bible has to say about Him. You need to look and find out for yourself. You know, I had a grandma, <clears throat> my grandma Overbaugh, and she was a woman of God. She was a spirit-filled lady. But she didn't always have understanding of the, the things of the Holy Ghost. She started out as a Baptist lady. And she was a great Southern Baptist woman of God. Loved the Lord. Was embracing the Word of God. Was embracing the life of God. She loved, you know, the Lord and wanted to know Him more. And she had a friend down in Florida, Port Charlotte, Florida. That's where they lived. And she had a friend there that was a Pentecostal lady that she began to talk to. And this Pentecostal lady was just open with her faith and open about the Holy Ghost. And, you know, she kept spending time with my grandma and my grandma noticed something was different about her. Something was was different than what she had. She had something that my grandma didn't have, she said. And, you know, my grandma... Being the smart lady that she was, she went to the Lord about it. And she said, Lord, is there any truth in what this lady is saying about the Holy Ghost? Is there any truth to what's being said about the Holy Ghost? Is there any truth to this Pentecostal movement? And, you know, the Lord took her to the scripture, 
took her to the Word of God. You know, Baptist people like to say that they're sticklers for the Word. Well, if you're a stickler for the Word, you ought to look at the Scriptures that talk about the Holy Ghost as well and not avoid them. And she went to the Word of God. She went to Acts and talked about the Lord, how the Lord showed her that the Scripture says that the Holy Ghost was given to all that be afar off, not just for those that were living in the, the, in the church of Acts, not just for the apostles, but it be for all who hereafter would come and those that would, you know, continue on afterwards. It's in Acts chapter 2, verse 39, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that be afar off, even as many as the Lord shall call. What promise was he talking about? Well, he talked about it right there in verse 38. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then verse 39, which we just read, it's a gift, it's a promise to you and your children and to all them that are far off. So well, that proves right there that it hasn't passed away. I challenge you to find a scripture and show me where it says that it's passed away. No, it says this is a promise to you, to your children, and to all that are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And you know what? That scripture alone opened my grandmother's eyes, my grandma Overbaugh's eyes, and she saw it for herself. She saw the word for herself. She had revelation for herself. And she was filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost, and she spake with other tongues, and it changed her life. She was such a mighty woman of prayer from that day forward. She already liked to pray and was a prayer, but it just took her prayer to a whole nother level. It took her prayer life to a whole nother dimension. And you know what? Being filled with the Holy Ghost, being baptized with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, will take your life to a whole nother dimension in God. It will take your life to a whole nother level of supernatural power and glory. And that's what the purpose of the Holy Ghost is. He came to bring power. He came to anoint us with power. Jesus, Jesus said in Acts 1, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So there's power available to every single Christian. But only some are walking in it today because they believe it. See, what you believe, be it done unto you according to your faith, Jesus said. What you believe is what you'll have. And so for those that believe it, they'll receive the promise from the Father. But to those that don't believe, they'll do without. And you know, I've met a lot of Christians over the years, guys. And I've met people that were filled with the Holy Ghost and people who were great Christians, great men and women of God, but they, and, you know, belonged to great denominational churches, but they were never filled with the Spirit of God. They were never baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I can, you can tell the difference. You can see a difference. You hear a difference. There was one individual I'm thinking of. He um, was a great mechanic. He, he had worked on our cars, my family's cars for a long time. He was a just a good Christian guy. He had a family that loved God. They um and they just they were going to church all the time and they um actually they traveled on the road and they were sing would sing gospel hymns and stuff as well. But on the side he was a mechanic. And um you know he invited my dad over to to a prayer meeting one time with some him and some other friends. And you know they got together and started praying and as they're praying along, you know, my dad's just kind of listening. He's just joining in with where they're at. And this man and the, and all these other people that were with him, they started praying this met this prayer of sovereignty and 
this feely, touchy prayer that was not in line with the word. And my dad was telling me about it later. He was saying, you know, they were praying, if it be thy will, Lord, we thank you that we pray that you help us. We pray that you would strengthen us. We, we ask that you would do all these things. We, we, we know that we're just trying to get through this life and all this. And it was just on and on. I'm not making this up. This is how they were praying. And, you know, when you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, when you're not endued with power from on high, you talk different. You pray different. You pray from this position of weakness and failure. And it's, it's almost like you're begging God for help. Well, we don't have to beg God for anything. God's already strengthened us. He's already brought us, given us the victory. He's already caused us to triumph. He's already empowered us. But see, the church is empowered. The church has been given the victory, but they're not walking in the light of it because they don't have a revelation of it. See, the Holy Ghost is the gift to the church. And part of his role, part of his ministry is to be that comforter who will teach us all things and bring to our remembrance whatsoever Jesus has said to us, and he will show us things to come, the scripture says. You see, if you don't, if you don't have the Holy Ghost in his fullness, if you don't receive what the Holy Ghost wants to do in your life in his fullness, then you'll do without and you'll you'll be ignorant and you'll you'll struggle in the dark in so many areas and you'll wonder what the will of God is for your life and you'll wonder what the will of God is in the earth rather than seeing what is God doing today well it's very simple God is touching lives God is healing lives God is bringing victory he wants the world to know there is an answer it's Jesus Christ God already saved the world we really could say that God has saved the world God has healed and delivered the world. And he did it through Jesus. All they have to do is receive it. And Christians need to go out with the power of the Spirit and show them that. That's why Jesus said in Acts 1, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses. See, he, first, one of the main things that the Holy Ghost does when he comes upon your life is he enables you, empowers you to be a witness for Christ. And I know so many Christians that struggle with their faith and struggle how to, on how to reach people and how to tell people about Jesus, talk to their family members. Well, you don't have to struggle. You don't have to question how you're supposed to help them or you don't have to, you know, be afraid. You can have the empowerment and the ability of heaven upon you to enable you to be a witness for Christ. I don't know about you, that gets me excited because we're supposed to go out and be what Jesus has called us to be. We're supposed to go out and do the works of Jesus in power and great authority. So let's look at the word a little bit here. Let's look at what Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 has to say. In Acts chapter 2 verse 1 it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Well, we know the scripture 
we've looked at it many times. Maybe you're hearing this scripture for the first time, however. But you're, you have to look at what the word has to say. This is, there's so much in this scripture, guys. We're going to look at it a little bit more. First of all, in verse 2, it says, There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Hallelujah. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, or divided tongues, that word means, divided tongues like as of fire. Well, doesn't that line up with what what the Scripture says in Matthew 3.11? That Jesus would come and he would bring... The minute, uh, he would baptize people with the Holy Ghost and fire. Well, that's fulfillment of prophecy. He, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Well, we looked at what the scripture said last week in John 4 when Jesus ministered to the woman of Samaria, and he said, the water that I shall give you shall be living water. It shall be in you, a well springing up unto everlasting life. In you. In you. But here we see something that's supposed to come upon you. Something that came upon the disciples. The 120 that were sitting in the upper room. It sat upon each of them. And, verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Well, we see right there that they were filled, the Spirit of God came upon them, and they spoke with other tongues. They spoke in this heavenly language. And it says that the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Gave them utterance. Now, I want to really quickly go back to Isaiah. Open your Bibles. Look at Isaiah real quick. Isaiah chapter 28. I love the Bible, don't you? Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah 28, and look at the 11th verse. We're talking about the Holy Ghost in His fullness. We're talking about the Spirit of God within and the Spirit of God upon. Two experiences that every believer ought to have. It says here in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11, the prophet is speaking here and he says, For with stammering lips and another tongue... Will he speak to this people? To whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Glory be to God. Well, I want to point out something here. 700 years at least before the day of Pentecost, before the time of Christ as well, the prophet is speaking and he's seeing something here. He said in verse 11, stammering lips and another tongue will God speak to this people. Well, there's that tongues business again. There's that tongues business again. It's found in the Old Testament, guys, where the Lord had planned this out. With stammering lips and another tongue will I speak unto this people. So we're talking about when the Holy Ghost comes on you, there is the evidence that you've been filled and it's the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Glory be to God. It's a heavenly language. Turn on over now to Mark chapter 15. I love to teach the Bible. The Lord said to me, 
years ago, develop your teaching ministry. He gave me a ministry to teach and to break it down, not not like a logical standpoint, from a logical standpoint, but to teach by the Spirit of God, to teach by the anointing. And so I'll oft, oftentimes I'll go in different directions because the Holy Ghost wants to minister to different needs, the needs of the people. And so very often I'll be teaching along and all of a sudden I'll just pick, pick up on something and go in a different direction and start teaching on that. But the Lord gave me a ministry to teach. And I love to teach what the Word has to say about this subject. And um, there's so much in it. And we need it for this hour. You know, there was a minister that said one time to me, he said, you know, there's a lot of pastors out there that can teach the Holy Ghost. They teach on the Holy Ghost. They already are teaching on it. And uh, they're already ministering on that subject. So basically implying that, you know, there's not really a big need for that. Well, I beg to differ because I have been to many churches where, yeah, Holy Ghost churches in title, but not Holy Ghost churches in practice. Holy Ghost churches on paper, but not Holy Ghost churches in power. And, you know, it's, it's one thing to call yourself a full gospel, word of faith, spirit-filled church. It's another thing to have the move of the Spirit in your church and to actually practice it and actually see the manifestations take place on a regular basis. And so I find in all the places I go to that there's a need to stir up the body of Christ once again in these things, to stir up the body of Christ about what the Word has to say about the Spirit of God. And then with the Word, with teaching the Word of God, the the signs shall follow. The demonstration of the Spirit shall follow. Remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He said in verse 1, I, brethren, when I came unto you, came not with excellence, excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of our God. For I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Notice, and I was with you in, in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Now notice this. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Well, I tell you what, there is a need today for demonstration. There's a need today for the move of the Spirit. There's a need today for healing power. There's a need, a need today for people's lives to be touched. There's a need in the church today. There's a need in believers' lives today. They need to see the power of God in demonstration. They need to see the manifestation of the Spirit. They need to see the gifts of the Spirit in operation, spelled out in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Oh, and I believe that the Spirit of God would say that there is increase in this way. There is a move of the Spirit that'll take place in this last hour that will cause you to be changed. A move of the Spirit that will lift you up to a higher place of glory and power, where your eyes are enlightened, where your ears hear what they've never heard before, and your spirit is lifted up in joy because the Spirit of God is in the midst and working mightily in your life and in the lives of those around you. And there's a great move of God underway. There's a great manifestation of glory He wants to bring to you this day and in this hour. 
So open up your heart to what the Spirit of God would say. Open up your churches to what the Spirit of God is doing. Open up your ears and hear what I am saying today. And if you will believe me and trust me and work and operate in faith, then I'll show you these great and mighty things. And great things shall be in store. Oh, healings shall take place. Financial breakthroughs shall take place. Miracles, signs, and wonders shall take place. Oh, and the, the growth in your churches shall come. Oh, and great and more and mighty things shall be done. I hear the Spirit of God say. Hallelujah. You know, guys, I don't conjure those things up. That's how the Lord uses me. That's the office that he's placed me in. And I step over and see and know those things and start to prophesy. Because you know what? We need to be open to what the Spirit of God is saying today. We need to be aware, not be ignorant of these things. Glory be to God. Mark 16, verse 15. Notice what Jesus said. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, Jesus said. And I'd like to add, in my name, through faith in my name. They shall cast out, they shall cast out devils. Now notice, they shall speak with new tongues. Now see, people, a lot of times, one of the reasons, excuses they say for why tongues aren't important today, why we don't need tongues, is they say Jesus never spoke with other tongues. No, but he said we would. Jesus said we would, because you see it right here, Mark 16, verse 17, in my name, they shall speak with new tongues. Well, Jesus is pointing us to the time of the Holy Ghost, the outpouring of the Spirit of God. And so these two scriptures, along with Acts 2, 4, shows us that when you're filled with the Spirit of God, you will speak with other tongues. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So there's the initial evidence of being filled with the Spirit. I want to look at one more real quick. In Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. And let's look at... Let's look at the first verse. And it says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came unto Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost? since he believed. And they said unto him, We have not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. And then Paul said, John truly baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, what did they hear? They heard the word. When they heard the word, faith came. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were saved. They were born again. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost, notice, came on them. The Holy Ghost came on him. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So Paul came and he preached the word to them. They received the Lord Jesus into their hearts. They we can say that he, they received the Spirit of God within them. They were born again. They received. You know, the Scripture says in Ephesians 1 that um, we receive the earnest of our inheritance. He is the earnest of our inheritance, the guarantee that we have eternal life. We've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. 
And so these people in Ephesus, these believers, they only believed as far as they knew. But Paul opened up the scripture to them and took them on to know more. That he took them on to be saved and to be born again. But then he also, he didn't stop there. He didn't just stop with, oh, you're born again, you're saved, now you're good. No. He laid his hands upon them and the Holy Ghost came on them. And you notice that he saw the need to take them not only into the new birth experience, but he saw the need to take them into this Holy Ghost baptism. And it's important as believers who do believe in the Holy Ghost that we not just get people saved, but that we get people filled. Because, and there's so much here, but the when Peter and John came down to Samaria, they brought the Holy Ghost to those believers that had just gotten saved. See, there was a need for believers not only to be saved, but to be filled. Not only to have the Spirit of God within, but the Spirit of God upon. We must recognize and understand that there is a major need for believers to be filled with the Holy Ghost in this hour. And we cannot be ashamed of what the Spirit of God is doing. We cannot be ashamed to talk about the Holy Ghost. And we can't be ashamed to talk about other tongues. No, we got to be bold in these last days.